Carr has done that a lot this year. He, he's been very slow to uh, process what's in front of him defensively. Uh, he, he's checking it. You know, there, there was a quote from one of the Jaguars defenders that uh, he's, he's just going to check down, check down, check down all night long. Uh, we know who he is. <laughs> and that's kind of what's happening with him. Um, you know, I'm sure some of that is him kind of feeling pressure in, in the offensive line, not holding up. And so he's speeding up his process and making mistakes because of it. Uh, but Carr has started 150 games in the NFL at this point. Um, he he had he's too experienced to be making these kinds of rookie mistakes, and he he's not playing like a veteran quarterback. He he's playing like a rookie who hasn't done it before, and that's not what the Saints paid for. That's not what they expect out of him. And he has got to step it up for them to get where they want to go this season. <laughs> Hey there, everybody. Welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by my buddy John Sigler. It's the Saints Wire podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network and available wherever you get your pods. Please subscribe, tell a friend, leave a review, all that good stuff. That's how you can support us. And we appreciate you. How you doing this week, John? Oh, man, I've been a little bit under the weather, but hey, the, the, these things happen. It's that time of the year and uh, we just got to overcome this adversity. <laughs> so, so look, we're, we're here, here to break down some Saints football and uh, take a look at what's coming up for them next. Yeah, it's, this is more of like a, a, a seasonal cold thing, John, and not a Saints cold. The Saints aren't giving you this, these flu-like <laughs> symptoms. Uh, man, I, I, hope, I hope that's the case, yes. Yeah, so maybe a, a little bit of a rough week for John. He's on the men, but a rough week for Chris Olave too, John. Maybe that's where we should start. Uh, you know, Not only is the Saints' number one receiver catching some heat for, I guess, dogging on routes during the games, which we could get to. Uh, there's a lot of people dropping some hot takes on that, but... Uh, Olave was also arrested Monday night in Kenner, Louisiana, on suspicion of reckless driving of a motor vehicle. The police said that he was going 70 in a 35 mile, mile per hour zone. I'm sorry. And that his Dodge Charger was observed traveling at a high rate of speed, recklessly maneuvering between lanes and around other drivers on the roadway. That's according to a report by ESPN. So uh, just not a great week for Chris Olave, John. What's your lead off thought on that? Yeah, man, it's, the vibes could not be worse right now. And some of that's on him, you know. Look, man, you you shouldn't be doubling the speed limit in the residential area. Um, I, I don't know if people know the area where he got pulled over, but I mean, it, it's it's a residential street uh, around a bunch of apartments and houses uh, along a canal in New Orleans. You, you don't want to be doing seventy there. That, that that was just a bad decision on his part. Um, but as far as what's going on on the field, man, it's it's been rough. It's been a rough week. There's been a lot of speculation, a lot of slander, a lot a lot of chatter about him. Um, you know, it doesn't help that he's been thrown under the bus a bit. Uh, by some, by by Derek Carr to an extent, <laughs> um, um, <clears throat> and and his coaches, it's 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 been rough, you know, and you know, obviously there there are some effort effort level concerns there with him not finishing routes and uh, maybe not competing for catches. Um, but but at the end of the day, I'm like he he's never had these problems before. You know, he didn't have these struggles with Andy Dalton throwing to him. Or Jameis Winston, or JT, or JT Barrett, or um, you know Justin Fields, or any of his quarterbacks at Ohio State. Like he, he's been a very consistent performer throughout his football career. So I, I'm kind of looking at Derek Carr sideways a bit here. Like, what, what are you doing differently that is impacting Olave's game so negatively? Like, like what, what's going on here? So the, I'm sure there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we're not going to ever hear about. Um, but it, it is concerning to see, you know, someone who was such a, you know, had such a successful rookie season, had so much, you know, momentum uh, going through the summer 
uh, to kind of be struggling right now. So hopefully he levels out here in this game against the Colts on Sunday. The reckless driving thing, John, hopefully that's just an isolated thing. Like he was rushing to get somewhere. What did you say before we hit record? Just jump in here. He was rushing home from CVS or something. <laughs> Had to pick up a prescription or something. Yeah, that, that's, what, that's what his brother said. He said, man, he's just coming home from CVS. It's no big deal. And I'm, I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, buddy, it doesn't matter where he's coming home from if he's doing 70 and a 35. Like, like that, that, that is uh, that is besides the point right here. Yeah, and then weaving around other drivers like the uh, police report says. So, yeah, I mean, maybe he was just in a rush to get somewhere uh, or, or maybe he's been seeing the press clippings a little bit coming off this Jacksonville game, John, and he's blowing off a little steam. You know, maybe, maybe it's one of those things. Whatever it is, the Saints need to get to him. Right. They got to get his head screwed on straight. They got to make sure he's good. They got to make sure him and the quarterback are good, because if they're going to have any chance of getting where they want to go this year, they need Chris Olave. Right. He's a major part of the process of the Saints trying to win, what, six or seven of these next 10 games to stay in it and make the playoffs. So uh, they need Chris Olave. Right. I mean, that's not really dropping a hot take. All the hot takes are coming from the on field stuff. The visual that we saw during that fourth quarter of the Thursday night game, John and Jacksonville. Third and five, the Saints drew up a play for Carr's new favorite uh, weapon, Taysom Hill, which we'll uh, we'll get to here in a minute. But it's a play that's been broken down by many at this point and confirmed by Dennis Allen and Michael Thomas, right? So it's like a we're talking fact, not opinion here, that the play was designed for Olave to run really fast down the sideline so his defender would kind of be taken out of the play and not peel off and take away Carr's first read, which was Taysom Hill on a little seven-yard out route on third and five, right? Olave didn't run really fast. And the broadcast not only caught Derek Carr going nuts on Olave after he chucked the ball out of bounds, but uh, I think Kirk Herbstreet on the broadcast even said that it looked like Olave, quote, gave up on the route. So there's been a lot of chatter about this specific play. What was your take on that specific play, John? Uh, You know, the route that Olave ran, the reaction to it, Derek Carr flipping out. Like, what did you think about that whole thing, that whole mess that's gotten a ton of run since that game? Man, it it was was a fiasco. And I... But to me, the best explanation comes for Michael Thomas. Uh, he, he talked about it on uh, on the site formerly known as Twitter. Um, he, he said, look, the, the progression here, what uh, Olave was never even in the progression on this play. That ball was never going to him. The progression was 7-22-13, meaning Taysom Hill was the first read on the play who was running an out route, which Olave was supposed to clear out for him. Uh, but because Olave didn't run his route to, to the appropriate depth, uh, Hill didn't get open, Carr threw the ball away. And that's where Michael Thomas says that, said that, that, that that's where things went wrong here. Carr was supposed to look off of Taysom whenever the, whenever he wasn't open there and instead and then go to Shahid on the left on, in the slot on the left side of the field and then look to Michael Thomas on, on, on the far left down the boundary. And Carr didn't do that. and he didn't go through his reads, he didn't process what was in front of him and he, he threw a bad ball. And, w- and wasted a play in a pretty critical junction in this game. And Carr has done that a lot this year. He, he's been very slow to uh, process what's in front of him defensively. Uh, he, he's checking it. You know, there, there was a quote from one of the Jaguars defenders that uh, he's, he's just going to check down, check down, check down all night long. Uh, we know who he is. <laughs> and that's kind of what's happening with him. Um, you know, I'm sure some of that is him kind of feeling pressure in, in the offensive line not holding up. And so he's speeding up his process and making mistakes because of it. Uh, but Carr has started 150 games in the NFL at this point. Um, he he had he's too experienced to be making these kinds of rookie mistakes, and he he's not playing like a veteran quarterback. He he's playing like a rookie who hasn't done it before. 
And that's not what the Saints paid for. That's not what they expect out of him. And he has got to step it up for them to get where they want to go this season. Yeah, I I really love that take on Carr because it's something we talked about a little bit last week on the show as well, right? Him just kind of bailing on plays. And he did it on that fourth down play against Houston last week where he was looking for Michael Thomas on a slant. It wasn't there. So he just immediately bailed on the play and threw it to Alvin Kamara five yards behind the sticks, turned a fourth and whatever it was, fourth and four into a fourth and nine or ten. Because Alvin yeah. Kamara catches the ball five yards behind the line of scrimmage, instead of and he wasn't like there was a defender about to blast him. He just didn't have his first read, so he just completely bailed on the play and quickly just chucked it over to Kamara. So, yeah, I think I think that's a really good take, and people aren't really criticizing Carr too much for that play or his reaction to it. Uh, I, I think bringing up Michael Thomas's reaction to is is interesting because Michael Thomas of all people defending Olave on Twitter or X or whatever that what is now, John. I noticed you didn't you refused to even say X, which good for you. Uh, I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas coming out and defending Olave and breaking down that play on on social media there. He's literally Olave is literally the receiver the Saints moved up and drafted to be their next go-to guy, the guy that Michael Thomas used to be before all his injury problems, right? And Michael Thomas is defending that player. I found that to be kind of cool. Uh, never mind the fact that Derek Carr himself said that he needs to chill out uh, himself. He's saying him, me, me, Derek Carr needs to chill out. And then Dennis Allen basically um, talking about it as well. So uh, it's crazy. I, I know it just feels to me. I know you've broken this down that the Saints have larger issues on offense than Chris Olave, right? Actually, I've, I've heard you break down stuff on the Saints a ton over the last few years, especially this season. You've broken down the big issues. You've talked about the front office. You've talked about the head coach. You've talked about the assistant coaches and the players. I've never once heard you, John, say anything remotely close to Chris Olave is a problem on this team or Chris Olave is Brandon Cooks now or Chris Olave isn't trying hard. So uh, just I just wanted to get your take because I trust your opinion on this stuff. You, you don't have a problem with Olave, even though there are some plays that are questionable out there that we're seeing on social you're not worried about this player's uh, effort out there. You don't think he's dogging it? No, man. I, look, I, I think that he would be. I think he he would be performing at a much higher level with better quarterback play, with better play calling. Um, because you know, and I feel this way about all receivers. Like no position in the NFL is more is impacted more greatly by forces outside their control than wide receivers because they need someone to you know, draw up, draw up the routes and tell them where to go on the field and they need someone else to throw the ball to them. And if either one of those f- factors are out of sync, uh, then things are, it's going to look bad uh, for them. And they're the one who's going to catch a lot of the blame for it. And I mean, look, that, that was true with Brandon cooks when he was here too. And, and <clears throat> so I, th- I think some of that's going on with Olave. you know, I, I really hope that the saints get on track that, Carr does a better job getting him the football, that the Saints do a better job putting him in position. Um, they, 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 right now, they're just wasting a lot of resources and you know wasting a lot of time with the, just poor execution. All right. Well, we talked about the play in question that's gotten all the run, that third down and five pass that was in, supposed to go to Taysom Hill. And that brings us to Taysom Hill, John, which I this is just for me. I find this fascinating. Maybe this is a fantasy football question. I don't know. I don't want it to be. I want it to be a Saints question. But he's kind of the hottest fantasy waiver wire pickup right now because he's been targeted 13 times and he's caught 11 balls for 100 yards over the last two games. Taysom Hill, right? Uh, And just for context, Taysom was targeted 13 times all of last season. And uh, his 19 targets and 15 catches this year are paced to like just completely shatter his career high of 22 targets and 19 catches. That was way back in 2019. 
obviously those that was over a 16 game season Taysom's numbers this year um it's that's left less than half the game so they are targeting Taysom Hill he is a, a factor in the passing game the last two weeks John with Jawan Johnson out what do you think about this when you think about this Taysom Hill in the actual tight end role it's actually been kind of productive I don't know if it's been counterproductive at times in your opinion like what do you think about the way they're using Taysom Hill do you think this is sustainable and Jawan Johnson sounds like he's getting close to coming back so what changes with Taysom Hill and, and this new tight end role, this new receiving role he's found himself in. Yeah, I, I do think that Taysom's usage as a receiver is going down once Juwan Johnson is back in the, in the offense. Um, but this was something that the Saints talked about all summer, is that, hey, we, we want to emphasize Taysom's uh, skills as a receiver, and we want him to get more targets, catch more passes, and make more plays uh, through the air um, than, than he has done in recent years. And, and right now, uh, he, he's got 115. Uh, he's got 15 catches for 115 receiving yards. Those are both, you know, his highest uh, totals as a receiver in, in in a season since 2019. And so, certainly, they're giving him every opportunity. They're throwing to him often. Uh, they're, they're in, in some pretty high stakes moments, yes. um, w- which is an interesting decision, uh, g- given everybody else you, you've got it who, who can catch passes in this offense, but. Certainly, that that is that has been a point they're emphasizing. Um, you know, I, I expect him to you know see a reduction in targets when, once Jawan Johnson is back. He's somebody that I have very high hopes for. Uh, that that the Saints had very high hopes for over the summer. You, you, you know, uh, Derek Carr was talking about Jawan Johnson like he was Darren Waller for at times in training camp, um, as far as being that big athletic uh, tight end that he loves to work with. And they haven't had him with that calf injury, so. Juwan Johnson's is supposed to come back here against the Colts. And I think he's going to, he should, you know, knock on wood, he should make a big influence, make a big impact on the offense. So Taysom's not going anywhere, but I would expect to see fewer targets for him. Okay. So that's, that's not good for the fantasy footballers, <clears throat> me who picked him up and want to start Taysom now at tight end, but I did start him this past week for some reason. So that was uh, a great well, Hey, then you lucked out I because did. the saints finally remembered they can uh, use him as a runner in the red zone. And Hey, he scored a touchdown. We got a touchdown so, on a fourth down, baby. Maybe, I'll take it. Yeah. Right. Right. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, here, there's an idea. Maybe, maybe they can use Taysom Hill at what he's best at. Who knows? Oh, oh you're sick of them ramming Alvin Kamara into the line. It's not working. Quite. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, just sending AK <laughs> into the teeth of the defense <laughs> yeah. uh, for, Two yards and a cloud of dust. That, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you very entertaining. <laughs> very entertaining. Well, Taysom is entertaining when they get on the ball. I'll give him that. But maybe you know, going back to that conversation about Chris Olave, when maybe him not being super happy on a route where he's supposed to clear it out for Taysom Hill to go get the big catch on third down. Maybe Olave wants right. that ball. I don't know. That's just like that's just a conversation for another day, John. But. Uh, after this game against the Colts, which we're going to break down here coming up next, uh, the Saints are going to find themselves at the uh, trade deadline next week. What do you think about the Saints at the deadline? I mean, they're in an interesting spot. There's 10 games left, John, like we said. Uh, I don't know how many games they need to win to stay in this thing. Probably at least six. That gets in the nine and eight, right? Seven gets you to 10. That's that you're probably feeling pretty good about a playoff berth there if you're 10 and seven. Uh, but what do you think the Saints do at the deadline? Do you think they're going to go trying, you know, do they go all, all out? Is Dennis Allen trying to go get pieces to try to make a run at this thing? Do the Saints believe they have a chance to go compete for a Super Bowl this year? Certainly doesn't look like it right now on the field, but maybe they have other ideas. Buyers or sellers at the deadline? What do you think? Yeah, I think they will be buyers, if anything. Uh, that That's just kind of been their MO. Uh, they've acquired a lot of players uh, at or near the deadline in recent years. You, you know, the guys that come, come to mind are Quan Alexander, Eli Apple, 
Uh, they, they made a run and Emmanuel Sanders got outbid, wound up signing him as a free agent a couple months later. Um, so they are always looking to add someone here. Uh, and But I don't think this is going to be a very busy trade deadline for the Saints. They're not positioned to really you know, make a strong offer and add anyone. They, they don't have a lot of draft picks right now uh, in the 2024 draft. Uh, yeah, they have some comp picks, you know, coming through the pipeline, but you can't, you know, you don't get those until March. They're not awarded until March, so you can't trade them right now. But so don't don't even think about that right now. Um, so they're they're short on draft capital. Um, you know, financially they've got four, they've got about almost five million in cap space, so they, they can fit a lot of players under the under the cap. Uh, and you can always work a deal with the other team to have them pay, you know, a, a portion of of the salary to make it work. Um, if they were to trade anyone, I would look in the secondary and I think it, it would have to take a good offer. And the, the only, pl- the, the one player that kind of jumps out to me would be, would be Marcus May, uh, start, starting free safety. Um, trading him right now wouldn't save much money uh, against the cap this season. Um, but it would save, you know, 7 million next year, uh, by, by taking his base salary off the books and putting it on a new team. So they could save a lot of money next year. They could open a spot in the starting lineup for uh, you know the, the rookie Jordan Howden, who, who played really well uh, in, in May's absence for a couple of games or earlier this season. So we just saw Kevin Byard got traded for uh, two, two late-round picks and, and a player uh, from the Titans to the Eagles earlier this week. If, another, if a team came to the Saints and made a similar offer, I, I think that could make sense. Um, especially if they could add a player at a position of need, like you know, like, like the offensive line, like defensive tackle, you know, so something like that. So I'm, I'm not really holding my breath on any moves here, but that is one that, that would make sense to me. But for the record, you, you don't want to do any deals with Howie, right? Just let him do his thing over there with Philly. No, no. <laughs> if, if they get a, if they get a phone call from a from a uh, a Philadelphia area code, don't don't even answer it. Don't don't even don't, don't even pick up the phone. Uh, just just keep it moving. <laughs> All right, we'll have to see what the Saints end up doing at the trade deadline. And maybe this game against the Colts will influence that a little bit. Saints are three and four, so are the Colts. We'll get into that one here coming up next. But first, uh, our friend Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com, he's going to tell us, hopefully, whether we should start Taysom Hill or not this week. I need to know that. Here's Corey and with some fancy advice for week eight, and then John and I will be right back. Corey Bonini here with TheHuddle.com to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number eight. Quarterback Derek Carr, New Orleans Saints at Indianapolis Colts. Even though he has just one multiple touchdown game in 2023, he has gone over 300 yards in each of the last two contests. Indy has allowed the 13th most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. But that number is depressed from facing Cleveland and Tennessee. Four QBs have posted at least 21 fantasy points versus Indy this year, and Carr has the weaponry to make it five. Running back Raheem Mostert, Miami Dolphins at New England Patriots. Mostert rocked New England in Week 2 when the Pats heavily focused on keeping Tyreek Hill from owning them. In that first meeting, Mostert rushed 18 times for 121 yards and scored twice. The Pats have surrendered totally neutral ground numbers since that game, and the majority of success against them has come via the passing game. Even after last week's flop, Mostert has still played far too well to be left on your bench. Make sure to lock him into all lineups. Wide receiver Gabe Davis, Buffalo Bills versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. After a month of strong play, Davis has turned in consecutive fantasy flops. The Buccaneers present a matchup that profiles well for volume, but not so much for big play types like Davis. That said, it's tough to run on Tampa, tight ends rarely fare well, and this defense will have all it can do to slow Stephon Diggs. We like Davis's odds for getting into the end zone this week, and he's a pretty safe bet for at least 15 fantasy points. Tight end Jake Ferguson, Dallas Cowboys versus Los Angeles Rams. 
Ferguson comes off of his bye for a matchup with a top 10 opponent in terms of ease of exploitation, and he deserves a line of spot in all weekly formats. The Rams have allowed three touchdowns to the position and 13.7 points per game in PPR on the year. But the kicker is that all of those scores have come in the last five weeks. This is the second best yardage matchup since week two's conclusion. Ferguson really could challenge for a top five spot this week in fantasy scoring. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. The Saints are going to face the Indianapolis Colts this Sunday on the road, Lucas Oil Stadium. What do you think? Who scares you more right now, Derek Carr or Gardner Minshew? Are you a, are you a member of Minshew Mania? Are you a card-holding member? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, I'm not, not, not a Minshew disciple. He's a fun personality, um, but, he's, he, but he, he's a very limited quarterback. And the Saints have kind of beaten the snot out of him in a couple of games before, so I'm not too worried about Minshew. Well, the Colts are coming off this wild game. That was probably the craziest game of the weekend, John, right? That Colts-Browns game where I mean, everything I was reading was that that was going to be a low-scoring game, bet the under, yeah, yeah, yeah. 38-33, crazy game. The Colts, um, they blew that game, right? They ended up losing it. So uh, what, what's kind of your take on this team, this Colts team? They're a hard one to read, kind of like the Saints, right? The Colts are a tough team to read. Some games they look good. Some ga- games they look like crap. What's your kind of your leadoff thought on the matchup, Saints-Colts? Yeah, man, this Colts team is fighting hard. Uh, they're competing hard each week. Uh, but, but look, at the end of the day, they, they've lost their last two, two in a row, you know, th- three out of their last four. They, they, they don't have Anthony Richardson. Uh, they're, they're down, you know, one of their best defenders in a uh, Grover Stewart, um, the defense, the, the big defensive tackle. Um, I'm not too worried about this Colts team, and this is a this is this is a game that the Saints should win. Uh, they, they should go and in, go into that stadium and kind of impose their will a bit here on what should be a vulnerable run defense and get, get out with a win. Uh, that, that's how this ought to go down. Now, is that going to happen? Uh, who knows? Uh, Dennis <laughs> Allen's team has not, you know, you know met expectations in that regard you know they've lost games that they should have won this year um that that's been a recurring issue for them and i can totally see this being being an upset loss um you know personally i'm, I'm predicting a win uh, I'm, I'm not intimidated by Minshew. It, you know we've seen the saints you know you know just intercept him sack him uh, defeat him repeatedly as a starter whenever they've crossed paths you know with the eagles late last year with the jaguars before that um He's not a he's not a QB who should threaten this defense. The question, as it seems to be every week, is will the Saints' offense be able to score enough points? And you know, and you know, kicking a bunch of field goals probably won't will not get it done uh, this week. Just like it hasn't gotten it done, you know, in most of their games this season. So they they have got to show us that this that this offense can end drives with touchdowns that they can convert third downs and do, you know, do the kind of things that a competent offense is expected to each week. So that, that's what it's going to come down to. And, you know, ho- hopefully with the extra rest after that Thursday night game, maybe they can change some things up, uh, try out some new things um, offensively, get guys in position. Um, you know, here's an idea. Maybe they could activate A.T. Perry instead of Keith Kirkwood and Lynn and, and Lynn Bowden, who who are kind of just uh, kick, kicking it, kicking it there at the at the bottom of the receiver's depth chart. So, man, they they've got to introduce some new factors. They've got to do some things differently. And man, it, it's it's just frustrating to watch. Ho- hopefully, this can be an entertaining game on Sunday. Yeah, gotta gotta start on time. Start playing with the lead again, right? I mean, it's just these games where they're behind early and trying to play catch up. It's just 
it's just a brutal uh, a brutal way to go. Uh, so the spread in this one, John, uh, from what I'm seeing, it's the Saints are a one point dog, probably probably because they're on the road here. Um, so it sounds like to me like you're backing the Saints. That's where I'm leaning as well. The Saints have not been good against the spread this year, though. They're one five and one against the spread <laughs> on the season. So if you've been betting the Saints all year, you you have not been doing well, John. You've kind of been picking against the Saints quite a bit this year. Uh, so I'll give you credit for that. But this Saint, the Saints getting a point on the road against the Colts, you're feeling pretty comfortable about that one. Yeah, I think this Colts team is going down. Um, the, the Saints should, again, should be able to do enough uh, to, put, to put them away to you know c- contain Minshew mania and uh, get, get out with a win. So I, I'm, I'm expecting the Saints to win this week. What, what goes on after that, we'll see. But, but yep. to me, this looks like a win on paper. Hopefully they get a win, get to 500, and we can talk about uh, a path to the playoffs. You know, that'll that'll be it. But it'll be play the Colts, and then we'll see what happens on the deadline, John. So we'll be busy next week uh, when we break this one down. Uh, but Saints and Colts, as John kind of alluded to earlier, they faced off five times since 20, uh, 2007, um, including a Super Bowl. Remember that one, John? Saints-Colts in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and the Saints are 4-1 and one in those games. That got a memorable game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say so. Um, Saints are four and one in those games since 2007 against the Colts. And, uh, they've also covered the, sp- the spread four times out of those five. So if you're believing that kind of thing, um, then let's go with the saints, but it feels like a good bounce back spot for them. John, anything you're working on special for saints wire that folks should be looking out for? Yeah, man, we're, look, we're, pre- we're previewing this Colts game, kind of recapping the season thus far and, uh, you know, prepping for, for a trade deadline. You know, it's not, it's not looking like it'll be super active for the saints, but you always want to be on your toes and, Kind of, kind of keep an eye out for, for uh, what moves might be coming down the pipeline. Saints Wire's got you covered right up until kickoff and beyond. Make sure you're checking out John and his team stuff. It's among the best in the business. Excellent. And for John, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us this week on the pod. Like we said earlier, we appreciate you and we hope you stick around all season and subscribe and tell a friend. We'll catch you next week. Yeah.